Listening Dog Media. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay and alongside me back for more football madness, it's the coolest queen in town. It's Sky Sports' Hayley McQueen. Hi, Hales. Hi, ladies. And joining us, myself and Hayley today, as usual, uh, we've got the magnificent Lindsay Hooper, fresh off one of the biggest upsets of the WSL calendar. Mm. Hi, Linz. I know. Who saw that one coming? No one. Uh, Top versus bottom, or should we say bottom versus top as it was at St Andrews? Could not believe in the WSL. Birmingham not only managed to score once against Arsenal, they scored twice. They were the better team. They absolutely deserve that win. Brilliant. Yeah, that's start mixed to things up, hasn't it, in women's football? We'll be hoping for more of the same throughout January, particularly uh, when some of these signings la- land as well. There's been a few already, but plenty of rumours still going, and that could really reshape uh, lots of teams for the better. Um, Hayley, what have you been up to? How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. I'm good. I had a little gathering with the neighbours last night. Three of the three of the ladies on my street got together. Um, we were just going to have a little call around to see our friend's house at uh, 6.30 and I was going to come back home for a bedtime but um it was way past everyone's bedtime I thought you were going to say for a bedtime story (laughs) that was for my little one's bedtime yeah come back home for a bedtime story so rolled in at 11 o'clock last night which I know isn't very late but considering I'd only popped around for half an hour at seven six glasses of bubbly stuff later (gasps) I I rolled home so we're getting you quite delicate. Yeah, and I'm, I've I've I had the the racing heart this morning, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> recording this in my dressing gown. Now we normally see each other on Zoom in this one, but yeah, I I am feeling so rank that I can't even work my Zoom out right now, and I'm doing a late shift at work today. So this is going to be fun, isn't mm. it? I suggest you go <laughs> back to bed. Haley's officially retired herself from Zoom for the day, but we'll be looking fabulous 
on your screens later on, hopefully. Well, look, coming up on the show, West Ham fan Governor B went to the top of the streaming charts. Can you believe this? With a Hammers-related rap this week. It was in aid of a very special cause, though, so hurrah for that. Uh, And on today's episode, (laughs) yeah, you're going to have to wait till the end, but we're going to produce our own footballing poems, except there's been a bit of a confusion amongst the ranks this morning as we record this. Are they poems or are they raps? Who knows? We'll wait and see what comes out later on. Can Lindsay get her beatboxing skills? ready. And with plenty of England's Euro stars suffering a post-tournament hangover, uh, we're asking what's going wrong with some of our three Lions heroes. But first, with the market in full swing, transfers being made up and down the leagues, we want to bring you, well, we want to talk about potentially uh, the one signing that could save some of the teams who are currently in threat of relegation. Who can do it for them? That's next. All right, so this is a good one to talk about, both Hayley and Lindsay. The title race, I regretfully say as a Liverpool fan, looking kind of all but decided here, barring a late season collapse by Manchester City. One of the most interesting stories to look at at the moment is the Premier League teams who are trying to avoid the drop. Leeds' comfortable 3-1 win over Burnley on the 3rd of January took them eight points clear of the relegation zone and left four sides, really. Watford, Burnley... Newcastle and Norwich just three points apart. So today, let's have a look at the signings uh, that these clubs have made already. And if there is a signing that is going to save their season, where should we go first of all? Should we do this club by club? Um, How about Newcastle? They seem to have done the most business so far. They certainly, well, this is the danger, isn't it? Do they have the biggest checkbook? Yes, they probably do. Does Mm -hmm. that mean they're going to make the best signings, Lindsay? Maybe not. No, maybe not. (laughs) Um, that but, might make the most baffling ones. Or the most sporadic ones. They've basically just got like a massive big list. It's like when, you know, is it MasterChef when they're like, right, I've got some flour, bar ready, of chocolates, cook. ready, steady cook, yes. that's it, with Ainsley Harriet, a tomato, a pepper, some leeks, and you're... And it's like, well, this is this is what I can afford. These are all the things that I want. These are all the things that we've got. Now what the hell do we do with them? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Is it- when you haven't had time to do the weekly shop and you go into your fridge and there's this random mix of ingredients, I know exactly what you're saying. Yes. What can I make with it? Mm. And does it ever taste good? Mm. Well, this could sum up the January transfer window in a very nifty food analogy. Thank you to both of you. Should we talk about who they've signed already yeah. and where there's room for more potentially or whether these players are going to do it? Now, Kieran Trippier has been the bargain buy. I think they've been sensible with that, haven't they? 12 million plus add-ons. So I think that one announced their window really well because you've got an England international, you've got someone in a position they needed to strengthen, someone very well-respected, knows the Premier Mm. League, had done well in um, the first season at Atletico Madrid as well. So someone who isn't on their way down either, I think he's still got a lot to give, Kieran Trippier. Mm. So I thought that was a good start. But the second signing, Kate, that you're going to come on to, I'm baffled and I don't know which way. It could be genius <laughs> or it could be, I, I just don't know. How a much of a waste of then? money. Yeah, how much of a risk then, Hayley, is Chris Wood? 20 million quid. He's definitely expensive. We know he's got Premier League experience as a striker, but this season um, he's not been doing it at all for Burnley, has it? Perhaps that's the point of him going to Newcastle. What do you reckon, Hayley? I think depending on who he has around him could potentially help. And I think sometimes when you've been at a club, and yeah, he has been consistent for 
I think, was it three or four seasons in a row where he's averaged more than at least 12 goals. You you do sometimes just fancy a little bit of a change, don't you? And maybe that change will do him the world of good. He's 30 years old, so he's not the youngest anymore. I think £25 million. Pounds. I, I chatted to somebody from a Burnley podcast this week on Sky and he was absolutely waxing lyrical he was absolutely devastated that we're gonna that, that, that they're gonna lose him for many many reasons not just losing him from their side but losing him to their rivals yeah. um it's almost like a bit of power play kind of going on there you know that's what I thought first of all Haley. I thought originally Newcastle have done this to weaken their opposition mm. this is a player that's got three mm. goals this season isn't necessarily going to be a starter, might even be on the bench, but might just taunt Burnley by being like, here you go, we bought bought him off you, we triggered the release clause, uh, strip some of your assets, and this is how we're going to stay in the league. However, I've had time to think about it. And I actually think this could be playing right into Burnley's hands. Could Newcastle be doing an even bigger Newcastle compared to even the Mike Ashley times by, (laughs) by giving Burnley... This amount of money for a player, like you say, at the age that he is, only scored mm-hmm. three goals. Mm-hmm. They're then going to have a fund yeah, to buy yeah. someone better. And then, the, and then the news came out, Jermaine Defoe is a free agent. He's oh, left Rangers. He has. And I'm thinking, wow, give them money. This is If you need a man that's going to score goals, it doesn't matter his age, he will score your goals. In terms of like for like with Chris Wood, he, he's, he's an upgrade. You know, you look at age, then... However, I think Newcastle are going to want another striker yet, particularly because Callum Wilson's out with Mm. uh, that calf injury for at least a couple of months. Do you not think Jermaine Defoe would prefer to go back and work with Eddie Howe than go to Burnley? Possibly. I I mean, if they think along those lines as well. Um, But if you're Burnley, don't you go all out now? Don't you think, right. Let's just secure. I guess it's recruitment policy, isn't it? Just talking and uh, summing up Newcastle again and and, and, and sort of whether they need anyone else. Mm. Um, They have been linked uh, with more strikers. Dominic Solanke is one of them. Uh, Obviously, he's worked with Eddie Howe previously via Bournemouth, via Leverkusen's Patrick Schick, who scored 17 goals in 15 Bundesliga games this season. Um, But also, and and I'm sure that that some of these names will repeat across this a bit like Jermaine Defoe, but Divacarigi has got six months left on his deal at Liverpool and and, and sort of he's being linked with a lot of places as well. Hayley, do you think Newcastle need to sign another striker? Uh, Just to kind of add on to this as well, and this may be where you want to go. They've also made a fresh bid for Sevilla defender Diego Carlos as well. So they are looking in all areas of the pitch, really. They're going to need as much firepower as they can possibly get their hands on and cover as well. But they just don't want to be too greedy in January because what you're going to do with all these players when you're going to sit down in the summer and have to look at really how you're going to mount a challenge in the Premier League next season? Or is that maybe what they're already doing, looking at the players now that they're going to have to bring together for next season? Or should they just be really just thinking all out, we've got to stay up, we've got to stay up, we've they got, got to, stay, to up. stay up, haven't they? Yeah, but oh, it's, a, it's, it's such a difficult one. I mean, they've got the money to do it. Just so many names have been linked and it got a little bit funny at one point. You were like, before you know yeah. it, they'll be signing Blooming Lionel Messi. <laughs> well, the, the amount of names is a concern because they've got yeah. to all play together and they've got to be able to sync up very quickly. We all know that that can take time. So I think it's really important that Newcastle focus on Premier League experience. I wouldn't mm. expect to see too many players 
coming in who haven't played in the league before. Deli Alley being an option now. Um, Spurs saying they're open to offers. Mm-hmm. You know, you spoke, Kate, about Jermaine Defoe. I think Newcastle go go in for Deli Alley, don't they, if he's available? Yeah, I think so. They've also been linked with attacking midfield as well as strikers as well. Todd Campwell, whose future in Norwich is in doubt. Uh, Tankine Dombele as well. Yes, yeah. Now that so has gone in at Villa. It's really hard to say whether there's one particular player isn't there, who's going to save Newcastle's season. At the moment, I might put that on Kieran Trippier because I don't have anything more definitive to give you. Mm. Um, Jermaine Defoe, I think, would be a great signing for anyone. And I can see him going back to Newcastle and reuniting mm. with Eddie Howe. Should we move on to Norwich? Yeah, I, I want to I talk about Norwich because, again, it's the kind of battle between three clubs stealing each other's players. Newcastle, as you mentioned, interested in Todd Cantwell. He might be available for as little as £15 million. Now, it's also rumoured that he could potentially go to Spurs. I think if I was him, I probably would go to Spurs instead of Newcastle. But again, it's arch rivals Norwich losing a player. He's unsettled. He's been told that he can leave, but only for the right price. So you get 15 million for him. So they've got a bit of money in the bank. You've got Burnley who've got their 25 million. These clubs could actually do a lot more with that money than the players that they already have. Now, they are completely awful in front of goal. They are desperate for a striker right now that can prove Mm. himself. I think actually Norwich are dead and buried, by the way. But what if they get hold of Lyndon Dykes? Now, he's actually been linked with a move to quite a few clubs. He's also been linked with a move back up to, well, to Scotland. He's at Queen's Park Rangers at the moment with Defoe you know, leaving, as you mentioned, Lindsay, maybe he could go up to uh, Rangers. He's only 26 years old. He's an absolute hero for not just his club, but his country as well, Scotland. Mm. He scored seven in 21 games so far this season and he scored in four consecutive World Cup qualifying games. He wants regular football, okay, and he wants to be playing at the top level. If he goes to Rangers, he might not again every single week. If he goes to one of the sides in the top half of the table, I don't think he's going to be guaranteed football. He could go to Norwich and be an absolute hero there. And well, he, he, do you not think he needs the game time ahead of Scotland, maybe playing in the World Cup next mm-hmm. next winter as well? Yeah, I did contemplate him. One, I think his price tag could actually be too high yeah. um, for what Norwich would pay. Um, and also being at QPR at the moment, who have done very well, why would he leave a club that could potentially be going up into the Premier League to go to a team that's going to go back down into the Championship? So I don't know. I, I did contemplate him. I tell you the name that I came up with. He, mm. he is 30 years old. But I think in terms of the budget that Norwich have, they would be able mm. to get him. He's got 12 goals in 25 matches this Championship campaign. He's at Bristol City very recently scored a hat-trick against Millwall, Andreas Weiman. I think he could be someone that they could go for. They need goals, like you say, but we can't ignore the fact that they don't spend big. Mm. So they're going to have to go probably for an ageing player in that regard because you're not going to get someone at their peak. The the price would be too much. Um, So that's the player that I settled on. Okay. Should we talk about Burnley? I'm keen to get through at these four teams. Uh, we've talked about the big hole in their budget, whether it's 20 or 25 million, however much mm-hmm. it is. They've got money to burn. You've mentioned Lyndon Dykes already, Hayley. You know, he's also available and 
could be one set for Burnley. I think, I mean, do we, how do we see Lindsay, for example, Burnley in terms of being the most attractive proposition of these four teams? Is there any stigma around them still? Will players be a bit overly picky? I think they can they can say they've got the best manager right now um, out true. of those four. Um, I agree. So I, I think that would be the big appeal is to go and work under Sean Dyche. Um, if Palace, and this is an interesting one, because I, th- I think as well, the way that you consider budget for Norwich, for Burnley, you've got to think of their style. And they're quite a big, imposing physical team. That's how they mm. manage to survive. So if Palace managed to get Eddie and Ketia, which seems to be a very strong link in this window, do Burnley, do they make a move? Let's forget the Jermaine Defoe thing for a second. And if mm. he goes to Newcastle, like you say, Kate, do they go for Benteke? He's a player that started to find a bit more form again. And he, I, I think he fits that mould of what yes. Sean Dyche likes yes. in a player. Yeah, really interesting. Really interesting. The other one, of course, that we've been talking about and Burnley, you know, desperately need goals, don't they? We know that, but it's got to be someone to fit into the team. Um, Divacor region. I don't know whether he quite fits. Hayley, what do you think? It depends whether, like you say, you can coax a player to come and play for a team that is struggling down towards the bottom of the table because he's not been used to that, has he? He's used to playing up there, enjoying winning games. Bit of a cult hero on Merseyside Mm. as well. But But he doesn't get enough game time, does he? And if he goes to any of these sides, he's going to be heavily relied on and maybe that's what he wants. Um, I can't believe he's still only 26, by the way. Uh, Surely Divock is about 34 by now, but no, he is defying the years another thing to say about Burnley in terms of their attractiveness of these four teams you have to say that they're the favorites to stay up because of history because the fact that Burnley have found a way in the past to stay in the league whereas we've seen the others come and go and and flip-flop between the championship and Premier League so that's another reason if you're a player that wants to stay in the Premier League and you're looking at these four if you're taking a punt, despite all the money at Newcastle, I think you still go with Burnley, don't you? Good point, Linz. Let's move on to Watford then. They've already signed 27-year-old Brazilian defensive all-rounder Samir Catano. Uh, he's come from Udinese. There's a 23-year-old uh, as well, Congolese international defensive midfielder, Edo Kayembe. That's from, uh, he's from Belgian side, Upin. And there's lots of discussion about Danny Rose not playing for Watford again as well. So he's... You know, he's someone potentially that we can throw into these discussions. Hayley, where do you highlight might be Watford's biggest need in this window? I think they're trying to strengthen where they are weakest, which is, of course, at the back. You mentioned those two players there. They've got left back Hassan Kamara coming in there as well. I think attacking reinforcements are not going to be their focus. They had been linked with a player called Samuel Kalou. He currently plays for Bordeaux. He's said to be only actually at three million pounds. The club said wingers are not going to be the target in the transfer window. So you do just wonder if they are going to be looking at maybe just one attacking player, but it's their defence that they're really, really looking to kind of shore up because they have been been woeful. I mean, there have been a lot of games where they've conceded a lot of goals and they are plummeting down the table at a dangerous rate right now. I I was at Watford last week um, reporting and, and talking about the transfers. I was told that all of their business they're going to do early. 
Um, okay. So these players that they brought in, I, I don't think there'll be much more activity. I think they no. identified the players early on. What I will throw into the ring is um, a loan opportunity and it could come from a very close club. It could come from Arsenal, who they train next door to, or maybe even Spurs in North mm. London. Callum Chambers is available. Out of the two that I'm going to mention, I think because of his versatility and he has played left back before, um, he could be someone they take on loan as an extra reinforcement. And Spurs have said they're open to offers for Jaffa Tanganga. So that's another one that could be a possible okay. loan. Um, but th- that's the yeah. only thing I can come up with for Watford mm. because I think they're pretty much done. Yeah, and mm. I think they'll have Ishmael Assar back as well, of course. I mean, his injury schedule is still not all that clear, but if they get him back um, in the next month or so, I know it might be a bit more long-term than that, but that, that'll feel like getting you know another signing in January once they manage to have him back in the fold again. Rob Holding at Arsenal, Joe Rondon at Spurs. Is there any um, potential for a loan deal there as well, Linz, if we're talking about neighbouring clubs? From what I understand, Rob Holding is a player that Arsenal want to hold on to more than Callum Chambers, Pablo Mari, for instance. So I can't see him being let go if, if they've still got those players. And um, what was the other one you said? Uh, Rodon. Joe Rodon. Um, yeah, I think that I think Spurs would be open to offers. I think that one looks worse on Daniel Levy because he's a more recent acquisition. So I think it's easier to lay off a player that's either come through the academy or who's been with them for some time and it not look as bad. I think he probably wants to save some face and think that he's spent money wisely. All right, well, let's wrap that up there. I can't say we've identified one player per team, but I feel like we've given them a very rigorous going over for this January (laughs) transfer window. Let's move on then and ask the question... Why are loads of England stars suffering? I got a hangover. Whoa, I've been drinking too much for sure. I got All right, well, on Monday night, Man United laboured to a 1 0 win against Aston Villa in the FA Cup after impressing somewhat in the first half and grabbing a lead through Scott McTominay. Villa came storming back into it. Uh, Man United still won, but I'm not sure they deserved to on the balance of play, really. Um, the big focus, though, after this game was on the performance of Marcus Rashford, who just looked so far off his best. Uh, you know, a member of England's Euro 2020 squad. Uh, he's not alone in that respect. There's been plenty of discussion about whether uh, he should be focusing on matters on the pitch rather than off the pitch. But I just feel that's lazy journalism. I think there's nothing wrong with what he's doing off the pitch at all. And he's not alone. Uh, There are plenty of other England stars uh, who've really struggled so far this season. So can really, I can I say one thing on that? Yeah, I know I know it's something that you're you're very interested in. The one thing I will say about that, I, I completely agree. He is capable of doing two things at once. And let's remember that if he doesn't have his profile as a footballer, it doesn't help with his campaigning. Yes. But what I will say, and this is just a slight thing in your in your brain and your mentality and your approach, is that he might just realise that football isn't the be all and end all, <laughs> and there could be something in there whereby he realises there are bigger things at play. Because he's more socially aware, possibly. Mm. But as you say, he will understand that his platform is big enough via football for him to do something about it. If he's not an England player, specifically England as well, actually, if we're talking about 
you know, social engagement, engaging kids like my son, who's seven, who knows him, not because he plays for Manchester United, but because he plays for England. He does need to keep the football. And, and, and actually, I don't think there's anything wrong with a footballer realising that there's more to this life than football. I actually think sometimes that can make them a better player. It can shift their, mm, shift that agree, intense yeah. focus uh, away from the pressure on the pitch. Anyway, I'm just putting that out there as part of that discussion. Yeah, fair I think enough. A lot of people have said, uh, have mentioned it, haven't they? And yeah. it doesn't feel right. But what, yeah, he, he might just have a a different outlook to what he once had. It doesn't mean that his football has to suffer. Yeah, mm. and his football could well be be enriched, I suppose, is my point. Could it be enriched by speaking to some of his teammates? It was quite interesting. I listened to Dimitar Berbatov's comments um, after, well, Monday's game. You know, it was labelled absolutely shocking. His body language, he was... There were, a, there were a lot of real negatives aimed at Marcus Rashford. And I, I thought he took a bit... I don't know... I think some of it was a little bit too harsh, in my opinion. Well, yes, personal, he, personal, a little bit mm. too personal. Yeah, and and Dimitar Berbatov, he'd said it's really important the manager, staff, and teammates are giving Rashford little boost. They have some incredible people at the club. He should speak to Cristiano Ronaldo and ask him for some advice. And he said, I didn't speak to any of my teammates when I was on a bad run. I was shy and quite private. And he said, that was my mistake. If there's someone in the team who's experienced as an icon in world football, like Ronaldo, just go and ask for advice. I'm sure he will give people time and wise words. And he chats as well about Edinson Cavani um, bringing goals and sitting down and having a talk to him and just speaking to to those that he, you'd think he already looks up to at the club, not just in footballing terms, but but from a personal level as well. So I think that was quite interesting. Mm. Um, you just wonder if it is a bit of a, a confidence thing on the pitch. And it's really hard when you're not getting regular game time or you've been missing for a couple of games when you've been used to being kind of consistent. And then yeah. just suddenly you're in, out, in, out. And he's obviously not dealing with it very well. One thing to mention in Rashford's defence is that he wasn't fully fit at the Euros. He only played 85 minutes across five substitute appearances. But I think we can we can easily extend this conversation to the fact it's not just a Rashford issue, is it here? There are plenty of other players who played for England at the Euros this summer who are now really struggling. No, it could be a Manchester United issue, though, and the way that they is. manage players. <laughs> um, yeah. Gen genuinely, I mean, if you bring up Rashford, so he needed shoulder surgery and um, they allowed him to play at the Euros. They also then allowed him to have an extended break rather than get that surgery done right at the beginning of the mm. prior to the season starting mistake. In my opinion, they've been too kind there. Like you say, Sancho, Mason Greenwood, who I have to say is a player I've been most excited about over recent seasons in terms of his potential. They bought players in the same positions repeatedly. And I don't think that's been healthy. We, it's, it's that very fine balance, isn't it, of having some backup that provides some competition. But if you're, you're too inundated with options, I think it, it means that people are just so, so unsettled. And yeah, I, th I think really what we should be looking at is the, the management style and the way that players have been handled by the so club. So you think it's a per club basis rather than let's take a big overview on this and say that, you know, mental exhaustion has to be a factor. Yes, they reached the finals. I um, don't think it is so much with Rashford because he was given that extra break. You can't say that with Kane at Spurs. I he don't was know given whether, an extra break. Yeah, but but remember, I'm talking about mental exhaustion. I'm not talking mm. about physical exhaustion. And actually, arguably, mental exhaustion takes, takes much longer to fix than physical exhaustion is quite black and white. You're at A, you need to get to B in terms of where your body's at. You can't necessarily map that uh, emotionally, mentally, like you can physically. And 
you know, we have to look at at whether it's not a coincidence that, you know, Harry Kane's really struggled, Harry Maguire, Jack Grealish, Jaden Sancho, who's, I mean, he was terrible again on Monday night. His decision making, I mean, he was just, anyways, you know, rather than me going massively into how bad Jaden Sancho is, you know, he's a player who Manchester United spent 18 months chasing for. Maybe it's an unhappy camp at Manchester United, but we can't say this in every case, can we, when we look at the bigger picture here, Hayley? Just really focusing on Manchester United and and you mentioned there the likes of Jaden Sancho who had such high expectations. We I was excited about seeing him just as I was with Harry Maguire when he came into United. It's like he's just disappeared. Leicester must be absolutely laughing about the how much was it that they sold him for? Was it eighty million pounds in the end? I think he went for. Goodness me, he has been criticised throughout the season for his poor form. Um, he has cost United vital points. He has made quite basic defensive errors as well. You just wonder again if it's a confidence thing. Off the back of the Euros, of course, the team doing so well. You can't just blame everything on fatigue. You really just can't. You know what else I'm going to mention? You just made me think of that, Hayley, as you're talking, is the difference between the way the England team was handled to the way that Manchester United are handled as an example of club versus country. So... Mm. Gareth Southgate opens the doors, lets the media in, for instance, and and everyone gets some time with the players. They build a better relationship. I think it's too closed door. And you know, you worked at the club, but they've had the Mm. same people there for a long time. And I don't think the way that players are managed anymore is necessarily what they want. You know, everyone thinks that they want to be treated like absolute superstars, rock stars that no one can get anywhere near. But I think the England team has proven that they actually want to be more relatable to fans. Yeah, And, yeah, and I think that's so, an issue. Oh, I mean, also, was this summer's experience, despite all the horrible stuff that happened after the final and the penalty misses, the, uh, the way in which they lost and then all the abuse afterwards, if we just put that to one side for a second, was that feeling of unity um, nationally something that those players absolutely adored and loved and really, really warmed to? And then was it difficult to come back into their clubs when it's it a harsh is reality, a mercenary business? Different. You know, yep. club club football is a mercenary business. Yes, it's about player welfare and everything else, but it comes down to the pound at the end of the day, doesn't it? It comes down to money. So, you know, perhaps, perhaps, they, perhaps there's a bit of a adjustment shift, although mm. I'm kind of saying that without necessarily fully believing it because they've been involved each of these players has been involved in club football for all of their careers the England experience is uh, a mere fraction of their footballing experience Mm. but it is interesting how so many have suffered as well Um, Harry Kane Hayley on on you know do we take that down to a club level in that he was keen to leave Spurs wasn't he new coach in in the form of Nuno who's already been and gone do we just put this you know, down to Harry Kane, perhaps just being a bit out of sorts. I don't know. They just look, they just look so poor, don't they? Tottenham as, as a whole. I just think they look, he looks demoralized. He looks a little bit broken. I'd have to say another missed opportunity for Harry Kane going out of the cup competition. He, you know, they, they, they could have maybe got to a final and, Turned things around there and given him that confidence boost. He celebrated the goal, didn't he, and scored against Chelsea that was then chalked off. Um, you just thought, God, 
the poor guy. I, I, I do really feel sorry for him. And it's, it's incredible how being linked with the club, it being done so publicly, all that pressure on him, the fact that it fell through, you just, it has to be down to that because his his head was maybe in another place mm. his ambitions in his mind were somewhere else and he probably sat down with his family talked about the move where he was going to be going how he you know was relishing playing for the team that looks like they are going to win the league now that's gone so his dreams have been shattered and broken and he just looks completely broken with it Kane is a one-off, I think, because because of that reason, because, because of, of the, the city move. Yeah. yeah, because of the city move not happening. I think he's a one-off. So you take him away, and I think there's one other thing to mention that links all of these England players, and maybe that's something else that we need to look at. But Sancho, Grealish, Maguire, as as an example, what do they all have in common? Huge price tags. They've all had big price tags. So um, Grealish is getting a lot of scrutiny now because of the, the big deal, the most recent one. But let's go back in time. Maguire was the, the most expensive defender. Sancho coming um, from Germany was a huge fee. They have to have that weight of expectation from, from the money that's spent on them. And we have that littered throughout the England squad. So maybe mm. that's one of the common denominators. All right, let's wrap that up there. But a really interesting discussion. Is it an individual thing? Is it a club thing? Or is it an England thing? A quick reminder that you can download the Athletic Women's Football Podcast right now. This week, Linz is joined by Lucy Ward and Joe Curry. And there's a special appearance from Manchester City's Lauren Hemp as well, Linz. Yes, an exclusive that we got with her. Um, that's been in the diary for some time, but she is one of the in vogue players, isn't she, Kate, of this season? Her, Ella Toon, you'd think, uh, maybe Rasso. There's some new names that everyone um, everyone's yeah. interested in, so it was great to get her on. Yeah, really, really gifted player. Let's move on to topic three then. Is it poetry? Is it a rap? Is it one and the same thing? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Uh, time for something a bit different. So rapper and West B Ham Governor B was working for Sky Sports and on the spot uh, made up a song about the club and their potential signings. Were you there for this, uh, Hayley? Give us some behind was, the scenes reaction. I wasn't <laughs> there for it. I was gutted not to have been there for it. Yes. Uh, we have to say, I think when we do these as well, we need to say how long it took us. Because I know Hayley came up with a little rap on our WhatsApp group in, in like five seconds and an ad break, wasn't it, Hayley? Yeah, I mean, mine is quite short and sweet, but I thought just write what comes, just write, just go off the top of your head, Hayley. Don't try mm. and be too clever because mm. you'll just mess it up in the end. The rap, by the way, from Governor B has exploded. It's gone to number one in the streaming charts. There is hope for us yet, but we will need to assign it to a, to a good cause. Uh, the good cause for Governor B is West Ham fan Isla Caton, who's fighting yeah. neuroblastoma and uh, the uh, proceeds and the support will go to her and her family. Let's have a listen to Governor B first of all. Yeah, I don't want to hear about KDB. It's not that time. Best midfielder playing in the Prem, that's Declan Rice. Top captain, we're massive. That's the world on the roads, but we need that strength and depth. Lingard got to come back home. Flying high in a table, Mark Noble putting in work. We've been in Europe flexing, guess what? Can't see Spurs. Antonio, real top striker, celebrations flowing. Europa League on the way, we're on fire like Boeing. 
got the speed from Fredericks. Lanzini goes majestic. Ben Johnson can't test them. Pablo might teach you a lesson. Nicolas and Ben Rama, they got the skills and the source, cuz. BC in a cup on pens. Game was a quarker. And they couldn't stop us. Not even a real car walker. The Czech boy's been putting in a hundred percent, don't need no water. King Arthur, back with a step over to make a man look smaller. Angelo, Big Zoo, Fab Dawson, Diop, they stand up taller. There we go. Uh, made up on the spot. Good. So no I know. pressure, ladies. It's going to show us up now, isn't it? Mm, if you're wondering what the real Carl Walker line, there's there's a guy at Sky called Carl Walker and he gets mistaken for that Carl Walker quite often. So yeah, that's, that, that <laughs> little line in there. Top of the download charts as well, which is cool. Yes, mm. exactly. And as I said, maybe a fatal move playing that out because we've got to respond with our own and wow. Hayley, i think i think you might be quite good at this because you've got a young daughter and when you've got young oh, kids gosh. you do find yourself finding yeah. the rhyme uh maybe in many more situations than you with with, with your dog for example Lindsay. yeah um yeah i don't read him a bedtime story no exactly or make up stupid but you are like but you to. are barking madlins <laughs> yeah. oh, no. um who wants to go first then Haley? i'm nominating you oh gosh okay is this a poem or, or a rap by the way i'm, I'm gonna do it in a poem because if i wrap it um i think you'll be switching off wherever you're listening to this <laughs> so I'll, I'll just i'll just go i'll just go poem okay i won't try and get down with the kids or has anything it got a like title that. um no but it's got an intro it's got an intro um, so i suppose it does it have a title about 10 minutes okay what yeah yeah about 10 minutes okay and it was just i just literally this was at quarter past 11 last night. Stop when I got I know, I know. And just start reading. I just thought, let's try and sum up the week's news, okay? Right. <laughs> so, what a week of football it's been. I'm here to round it up. It's Hayley McQueen. Chelsea beat Spurs to reach Wembley. Antonio Conte just looked a bit angry. Big week for El Clasico with a five-goal thriller. Real Madrid getting the winner. Ferran Torres didn't have a single shot. The 55 million, it's looking a lot. Newcastle this window can spend tons of millions. And the list of strikers looks to be in its billions. At Liverpool, Salah's contract hasn't been signed, but Jurgen Klopp promises it's just a matter of time. In Syria, ah, there was a big shock. The game trended on TikTok. Roma were cruising, but then got a bruising as Juventus turned the game around having been 3-1 down. The AFCON is well and truly underway, but Tunisia Mali was by far the talk of the day. The final whistle was blown far too soon and many blasted the ref as a total loon. That's just a snippet of the weekly news. Here's hoping your team didn't suffer the blues. I That's think Sky amazing. Sports are missing something if <laughs> yeah. they don't turn that into a TikTok. We, I mean, we don't need fantastic. an AOB anymore, oh, do we? No. She just summed up all the week. There yeah. you go. Very so, good. It's my indeed. little contribution. Voila. Oh, shall I do mine next and we'll make yeah, this well, the Yeah, well, the finale. intel is... Put, put me to inside, shame. Put me to the shame. The inside intel is that Kate Borsay Haley has mm -hmm. a rap. No, well, hang on. Can I just back out of this slightly? There we go. Yes, exactly. I didn't you. I need some really beatbox. bad impressions of some beatboxes. Um, do you want to give me a beatbox backdrop, or should I just try and go? Oh, go on, Haley. You go just, on. you just, no, you freestyle it a cappella okay. style. Go. Okay. Okay. And I'm not going to wrap it. I'm just going to talk it, okay? And then okay. if anyone wants to put a little beat on the background, that's fine. Can you do okay. it in your best KB, not KDB, as Governor would say, style? <laughs> uh, it's called Us Three. Kate to the beat. Go. Kate to the beat. <laughs> Kate, to the, <laughs> Kate to the beat. Okay. 
A decade ago, back in the bowels of Sky Sports, the offside lineup was feeling a little out of sorts. Making a return to Osterley, a man called McQueen walked into the makeup room and set the scene. Knowledge in the chair and personality, how rare. Our double was fair, but a trio beyond compare. Ten years, two kids, two cats, and one dog later, we're all still here, and our bond couldn't be greater. Let's aim for another decade, girls, and we might get a mention in the record books. Otherwise, until we're drawing our pension, whether in our isolation by zoom or real life 3d there's no one else i'd rather have podcasting with me oh, oh i love it because we're, we're 10 years old aren't we <laughs> we are well yeah. you with we us are 10 it. years old that's uh, yeah. really flattering yes yeah oh well you're oh. honestly Hi. i have to bow to to greater intellect talent and on both levels, you have that compared to mine, which is called Oadama. <laughs> <laughs> I already like it. This is done in about 10 minutes as well. Is last it like, night. why, 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 Oadama? <laughs> do, you, do you remember the. Do you remember? It was. Do, 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 do. <laughs> on the radio. Our tune. Yes. With, uh, with Simon Yeah, Bates. well, we did a love letter that once. If love people letter. go back in the, in the back catalogue. Yeah, we did. Well, um, this one is because there are huge links, aren't there, between um, Adama Traore and Spurs at the minute. This has been an ongoing story. I remember talking about it last year. Uh, the price was going to be about 40 million, I think. And now it's looking like it might be nearer 20 or 25 um, because he hasn't had the best of seasons at Wolves. Um, but taking it on its whole and on its merit, um, I wanted to do this. I think the thing that I need to say before starting is that if he doesn't move to Spurs, this could get awkward because of the way I end it. <laughs> okay. Okay, but um, I love Adama Traore, as you know. So um, Wolves fans, I hope you, you like this. Oh, Adama, it looks like you're gone, packing up your baby oil and off like a shot. Oh, Adama, we'll miss those beefy thighs, leaving defenders in your wake, opposition managers terrified. Oh, Adama, thanks for the memories. Your goals against City are ones that we'll cherish. The stoppage time winner at West Ham announced your arrival. Oh, Adama, the dribbling speed and strengths you showed unparalleled, it earned you a call-up from Spain. Oh, Adama, if only you had a footballing brain. <laughs> I love that the old killer punch, line. Punch at wow. the end. Is that a bit too harsh? No, but no, no. I think brilliant. I think Nuno would back me up, to be honest. Yes, uh, and uh, I think you know whether it's rapping poetry, whatever. This is the medium uh, to get those kind of feelings out. Uh, well, well done, ladies. Thus concludes uh, our very own rap slash poetry session. Let's get stuck into a bit of any other business than smaller stories from the week that you may not have otherwise come across. Hayley, do you want to get us started? Yeah, I love this. It's Toronto FC and Bill Manning using football manager genuinely to decide who they might like to sign for Toronto. He was flicking through Transfer Market, which is a website used by a lot of football fans where you basically see the stats and player values um, when he decided who he was um, going to set his sights on 
um, out of contract at the end of the season. And lo and behold, they signed Lorenzo Insigne and are paying him £11 million a year. Yeah, so they they bought him off Napoli by um, using transfer manager instead of having to send scouts to Europe, which is probably a little bit hard during COVID times. Yeah, so he's going to join at the end of the season. I mean, he spent 12 years playing for, for Napoli. He's never won the Serie A title, so I think he thinks, you know what, it ain't happening now. I've tried, but like us was the offside rule every season, every season, just waiting for that award. And it, oh, oh, hold on a minute. Guess what? what? We have won a few trophies in our time. Um, but no, 12 years for his boyhood club. He's moving on. I think um, MLS is a great way to go and spend a little bit of time. You can enjoy um, Canada and the United States as well and have a little bit of fun. Fabulous. Well, I'll stick with Italy and a link to there anyway. Uh, the game between AC Milan and Venezia recently. Now, AC Milan have got a bit of a reputation anyway for pyrotechnic displays at the San Siro, especially on derby days. But on Sunday, they took it a step further. So Venezia, Venice's Pierluigi Penzo Stadium, um, is basically accessed by one of Venice's famous ferry rides. So a group of each of the fans decided to take a ferry over and basically kind of quasi attack each other using pyrotechnics from one boat to another so you had two little ferry well big ferry boats uh, and some sort of massive kind of um well it sort of um looked a bit like a naval battle if i'm honest but there are fantastic pictures um the venezia ferry was engulfed in black smoke it was launching fireworks at the milan ferry which was shrouded in red smoke um luckily it was all safe. It seems that they uh, might be great fans of both sides, but they can't aim very well, fortunately. No one was injured. Yeah, just a fantastic uh, pyrotechnic naval-style battle in the waters of Venice. I'm trying to think about everything that was in Haley's poem because she summed up the week really well, and if there's anything that we've missed. So I'm just going to throw a few things in there that I don't think you covered. So Erling Haaland um, to decide his future this month, we're being told. Mm. Um, that would be up there. Ainsley Maitland-Niles going to Roma on loan. Mm. Uh, Luca Dina being the latest player that's about to be announced, I believe, uh, by Aston Villa, £25 million fee has been agreed. That's off the back of Coutinho going there. So they're having a good window, aren't they, so far? I think that's it, really. I think Hayley McQueen covered everything else. Let me tell you then about a bit of a blip from Arsenal on the training kit front. They've got the Swish new kit from their kit suppliers, Adidas. Uh, and there was uh, a great advertising campaign as you often get with these things uh several of their men's players and arsenal women's leah williamson uh taking part in the promotional campaign showing it off except there's one big issue it's not actually available to the women's players at oh. all despite being advertised by leah underneath an advert well done arsenal forward beth mead she tweeted would be nice if we actually got this training kit adidas uh, arsenal told the eye paper that they're aware of the women's players concerns uh, adidas gave the line we are proactively working with arsenal women to address the issue and find a suitable solution but apparently nothing can be done before the end of the season so epic fail <laughs> adidas uh, for making a woman advertise your kit that's not actually available to the women's team. Mm. All right, well, let's finish up any other business just there. Thanks for your feedback on the show, by the way. It's always nice, isn't it, Lindsay? Um, especially uh, Haley put an Instagram picture out um, about our 10 years as a trio. But the mm. pod has existed for a little bit longer, but there's some such lovely comments there. And it, it feels sometimes when you do podcasts and things that actually no one's out there, but <laughs> you very much let us know you are. So thank you for the feedback at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and the website, great to check 
check out all the articles there as well, offsiderulepodcast.com, fresh content uh, every day or so. You know what people could do as a 10-year gift? They could rate and give us a five-star <gasps> review, couldn't they? Yes, you really yeah. could. If you'd like the trio to spend another decade together, mm. head to whatever podcasting platform you've got where you can rate and subscribe to us, and we'd really appreciate that. Um, what are you up to in the next few days, Lindsay? I'm going to be at Wolves against Southampton. I'm also doing another WSL match. My first one from the Hive. Um, oh, exciting. So I don't think I've even been there, you know, yet. So that will be great. It might come flooding back to me there. You know what my memory's like nowadays. I might get there and be like, yeah, I've been here before. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's going to be uh, another good weekend of football, hopefully. And Hayley, we know where to find you on Sky Sports News. That's all we've got time for, folks. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We will hopefully see you next week, and I promise we won't wrap again. You've been listening to The Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside at offsiderulepodcast.com and by following at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of the Athletic's football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on the Athletic app. The Athletic. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.